Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is the Apostle Paul's word to us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It seems to be nearly a contradiction to the verses in Ephesians chapter 2, which tell us that salvation is the gift of God and not of works. Well, we will try to unravel the seeming paradox on today's life study of the Bible with Witness Lee today as we're in the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to look at both aspects, both sides of God's salvation today. And Bob Danker has joined us for this fellowship. Bob, I'm glad to have you here today. And I'm glad to be here, Chris. Bob, let's uh, take a look back for a moment before we get into this topic specifically. We saw beginning chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, Christ in our salvation is really our pattern and today we have the working out of this full salvation. What's the connection that we're going to see? Well, Chris, before the portion in Philippians that we're going to speak about today, which is about our need to work out our salvation, Paul, in his writing of this book, presents Christ himself as a pattern of the working out of salvation. This is in verses 5 through 11. Here we see Christ, who was God, and he existed in the form of God. And then it says he emptied himself and he took the form of a slave and he became in the likeness of a man. And he was found by men to be in the appearance or the fashion of a man. So here it speaks about Christ as God emptying himself, not of his divinity, but of his form, the form of God, and taking on the form of a man, right. which was the form of a slave. Then it says, after he did this, it says, he humbled himself as a man. The man, Jesus, humbled himself, and he became obedient to who? To God. Right. Not to God in heaven necessarily, although God is in heaven, but to the very God who was in him. He was a man on the earth, but he was also God. Right. He had God mingled with his humanity. And yet, as a man, he had to live a life of obedience. Whatever he went through as a man is a pattern for us. He wasn't different from us. On one hand, he was different because he didn't have a sinful nature. But on the other hand, he was a man living on the earth. He had to be obedient to God constantly, moment by moment, and absolutely. Otherwise, he would never have been qualified to be our Redeemer. 
And he would not have been glorified by God, and he would not have been exalted by God as he was in his humanity. You know, before he became a man, he was the Lord already. But as a man, he needed to be exalted by God to be the Lord of all in his humanity. But how could he reach this climax of his experience as a man? Well, he had to humble himself, and he had to be obedient unto death, and that the death of the cross. So Christ had to obey God even unto death. And because he did that, then God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue would openly confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this is a pattern. Paul uses Christ as a man and his experiences as a man to be a pattern for us and our experiences in our working out of God's marvelous, wonderful, and supreme salvation. Okay, let's go to this paradox we alluded to a moment ago. We have in Ephesians, salvation presented as the gift, the free gift of God and not of works. And then the same writer, the Apostle Paul here in Philippians, telling us in chapter 2, to work out our own salvation. Let's set the stage, Bob, by looking at about five verses. I think that'll be a good backdrop for the sharing we're going to hear from Witness Lee. In chapter 2, beginning at verse 12, So then, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much rather in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and reasonings, that you may be blameless and guileless, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine as luminaries in the world, holding forth the word of life, so that I may have a boast in the day of Christ, that I did not run in vain nor labor in vain. Bob, we will see there's no contradiction here at all. Marvelously, there is a full salvation awaiting all of us today. Let's join Witness Lee. These five verses are too, too wonderful. In verse 12, you have the salvation. And in verse 13, you have the operating God who operates in you. Then uh, in verse 15, you have the children of God and you have uh, the uh, lights, which are the luminaries. And then, in verse 16, you have the word of life. Amen. Remember all these things. Salvation, the God operating in us, and the children of God, the uh, luminaries, and the word of life. Well, Bob, I'd like to stop here after this very brief introduction that we just heard from uh, Witness Lee. He really has helped us just to see the five wonderful points in these verses. Salvation, God's operating in us, the children of God, shining as luminaries, and finally holding forth the word of life. We're going to see, I think as the program develops today, that these five points are a sequence in our experience, and they're not separate things, separate items. Give us a quick review of these five points. Okay, Chris, the first point, of course, is this salvation that Paul mentions here that we need to work out. This salvation is not just a salvation from God's judgment and from eternal 
perdition right. that uh, you know rescues us from this awful fate. It's not only this. It's much, much more. God's salvation is full. It's rich. It's complete. And it has a climax. Actually, God's salvation is a process that is accomplished within us to reach a consummation or a climax. And what is that climax? Well, we can see it in the previous verses where the Lord Jesus, as the climax of his experience as a man, first he was put to death out of his obedience, absolute obedience to God the Father. He was Mm -hmm. crucified. Mm -hmm. And then as a result of that, he was exalted by God to the highest position in the universe. So this is the climax of God's supreme salvation. And now Paul turns to us and says, you also need to obey just as the Lord Jesus as a man obeyed so that you can work out your own salvation to reach the same climax. Well, as we read on in these verses, we see that this salvation is nothing less than God himself. It says, work out your salvation for it is God who operates in you, the willing and the working for his good pleasure. So this salvation is actually God himself who is in us and who is operating in us all the time to cause us to advance in our experience of his salvation until we reach the climax of his salvation. So our salvation is God himself as the inward operating God. This God is life to us. He dispenses himself as life to us, and this makes us something. This makes us the children of God. As we will see later on, we become children of God because this God who is within us has given us his life and his nature. And we're passing through the same experiences that he did as a man to work out our salvation. Then the next thing is this matter of luminaries. Paul says, uh, we are the children of God, shining as luminaries in the world around us. What is a luminary? Well, a luminary is something like the moon or the planets. When you see them in the sky, they are not like the stars. The stars have light in themselves, but the planets and the moon, they don't have any light in themselves. They simply reflect the light. So in this universe, Christ is the real light. And we are likened to luminaries who reflect Christ as the true light, and we shine him forth among the people of the world that we live with or we work with. This is actually our expressing Christ through our daily living. Right. It's a kind of a shining testimony of the Christ who lives in us. And then as we are shining over these people, we are holding forth the word of life. We present something to them, and this thing that we present to them is the word of life, which is the living, life-giving, life-imparting word of God that makes them children of God like us and brings them into God's marvelous salvation. Boy, Bob, this is a tremendous sequence, isn't it? A progression here that really develops or I would say in some way defines our salvation that God has apportioned us to be brought into in such a full way. All these aspects are marvelous. They are, Chris, and they all are included in this salvation. You know, as as we're working out our salvation, we need to shine Mm -hmm. like luminaries. And we also need to hold forth the word of life. This is all part of our working out 
our salvation. Yeah, you said a moment ago, Bob, let's use that, I think, as a good intro to our next segment. God himself is our salvation. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Salvation in verse 12 is no doubt the very God who operates in us. These are two synonyms. Salvation is God himself who operates in us. The very God who is operating in us, both the willing and the working, this God, he himself, is our salvation. Then we, the believers, are the children of this God. As children of this God, surely we have what he has. He has the divine life, don't we have? And he has the divine nature, don't we have? And how could a child not have the life, the nature of the Father? You have received a salvation, which is just God himself. And this very God, who is our personal and subjective salvation, is now operating in us. He is not dormant. He is not sleeping. He is not idle. He is energizing. The Greek word here is the word of energy. Energizing. God is energizing in you. And we have such a salvation. We all have been born of this energizing God. So we are the energizing children of the energizing God. Hallelujah. So what? So we are luminaries. Spontaneously, we reflect the light of the universal source to enlighten the whole world, to shine upon all the people around us. So we could hold forth, we could present, we could offer, we could apply the word of life to all the people around us. This is what? This is to work out the salvation. And this is to uh, take the pattern. To do this, surely we make the apostle happy. This is the way to make the apostle happy. To make his joy full. Surely. If the churches are like this, all the ones, either the apostles or the elders for serving the churches would be happy. And this is, don't forget, the experience and enjoyment of Christ. Well, Bob, we're back to these five points again, but I would like to zero in, if we could, on this matter of God being the energizing God and we becoming the energizing children of the energizing God. Touch this for us. I thought this was intriguing. Well, of course, Chris, Witness Lee pointed out to us here that the Greek word, which we in our recovery version translate as operates, God operates, Mm -hmm. is actually related to the word energy. And so we could translate this word as energizes. So Paul says, work out your own salvation, for it is God who energizes in you. Wow. This is a marvelous uh, picture here. 
that this God who is our salvation and who dwells in us is not a dormant, sleeping God within us. He's operating. That means he's energizing. And uh, as a result of his energizing within us, we become energizing children of the energizing God. That means the capacity of his divine life and his divine nature, which we have as children of God, energizes us so that we are able to obey him and to cooperate with him to work out this marvelous salvation. We may say, well, we are fallen people. We have no ability to obey God. We're rebellious in our nature. That's true as far as our fallen nature is concerned. But we have to thank the Lord that we have been regenerated, reborn, born of God. We received his life and nature. And this life and nature is nothing less than God himself who has come into us. And this life, this God within us is an energetic person, (laughs) energizing, working all the time, and making us energetic and energized so that we can go along with him and so that we will be willing to obey him. If we will just contact this energizing God in our spirit, and this is a key, mm-hmm. I feel. Uh, in my experience, I know that this energizing God in me is always working in my spirit, our deepest part. He's there, energizing all the time. We need to exercise our spirit to contact this energizing God. He's very faithful to energize in us all the time, to bring us on continually until we reach the climax of his salvation. Bob, as we uh, allude back now to the beginning of our broadcast, we have this phrase, work out your own salvation. But we've seen, of course, salvation, we receive it as a free gift, and the working out of it is through another source of energy. And the frustrations that I think all believers have felt, and maybe you're feeling right now, uh, is when we try to operate on our energy to work out such a salvation. Let's see how these things all tie together in this final section today. To work out is not to accomplish. To work out is to carry out the salvation. You have received the salvation, but now you need what? To carry out the salvation by constant obedience. You know, in the pattern which we see, the striking point is the obedience of that pattern even unto death. Obey always in verse 12. This obey refers back to the obedience of the pattern. He firstly took a major step to empty himself by laying aside what he has in death. And then the second step, he humbled himself in manhood, in humanity. He humbled himself to do what? He humbled himself not to serve. He humbled himself not to work. He humbled himself to obey. Obey. In the Bible, obedience is better than everything. First Samuel 15 says obedience is better than even sacrifices. Christ emptied himself, humbled himself, then he obeyed. You see, in his uh, deity, he emptied himself. 
in his humanity, he humbled himself, then he obeyed. Now, we who have received the salvation and who have taken this pattern, we need to obey always to have the constant obedience with fear inwardly and trembling outwardly. We must be this kind of person. Baba, I really pray that our listeners today realize how what a marvelous uh, unraveling there has been in this program today of some of the real difficult things to uh, try to get a grip on in the Christian life. Work out our salvation but with obedience and an attitude that's fearful within, even trembling without. Uh, There is no contradiction here, Bob, between receiving the gift freely and the working out of it with our cooperation. Touch this uh, last matter for us as a kind of a wrap-up of all we've seen today. Yes, Chris, it appears here that there might be a contradiction because in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that the salvation that we receive is by grace and through faith. And this is not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. So Ephesians 2 presents salvation as a free gift that we receive. And that is true. Salvation is a gift that we receive from God. But Philippians goes further to show us something about this salvation and our part in carrying it out to reach its climax. So there's not a contradiction. There's a complementing and a developing of this matter of salvation. After we receive God's wonderful salvation as a gift, then we need to go on to experience this salvation in our daily living. And this salvation, as Witness Lee pointed out, is just the energizing God who lives in us, who operates in us all the time. And his goal with us is to bring us to the climax of his salvation. But he needs our cooperation. And this cooperation is through our obedience. And the example and the pattern of this is the man Jesus, who in his human life obeyed God the Father constantly and reached such a climax of being exalted by him in glory. So this will be our climax also if we cooperate with the inward operating God by obeying him constantly and absolutely with an inward attitude of fear and an outward trembling. This is a serious matter. Every time we mention fear and trembling, It shows how solemn and serious this is. That means if we do not work out this salvation, then we would not be able to reach the climax of this salvation. It's a very serious matter. When God is operating in us, we have to pay our attention to this operating God, and we need to obey him. Right. Bob, I think let's close on that point because it seems to me to be so key to a good understanding, a healthy understanding of what's being presented here. The obedience specifically is obedience to this energizing God within and not an obedience necessarily to some outward thing like the law or maybe another self-imposed religious standard. We're really talking about obedience to the one who is there energizing at that moment, right? Exactly, Chris. That is exactly right. Bob, I wish we had more time. I think there's more fellowship to be had here, but we can't afford it today. But we'll come back to this point, I'm sure, at another time. Thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure. 
I'll just leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. It is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And we give that number out each day because we sincerely do desire to hear from you. Uh, your comments and uh, the revelation and realizations that you're getting listening to these programs uh, become such not just an outward encouragement, they really become a source of energy and energizing to us as we work on these programs. Please contact us today. Once again, one eight 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 life study For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.